Good morning and welcome to that Timmy G podcast with myself, Timmy G. Um, quick update from me, it's been a while, uh, the new year, new me thing, uh, how's that going? We're going to talk about that later. We're going to talk about whether we're still working from home. Uh, I am working one week in three in the office. Uh, my team has three people in it, so we do one week in the office. So we have hands-on at all times and then we do two weeks at home. Uh, it's a great rotation, it's a great system. Uh, the advantages are clearly the two weeks that I'm at home, I'm there present and available for my family. I can help out with lists of gym. Uh, my daughter now has been asked to do gymnastics four days a week, so that's quite a strain in terms of lifts because it's 20 minutes, 15 minutes each way. Uh, both myself and my wife work, so um, yeah, it's uh, it's great on those weeks. The weeks like now, uh, I'm currently in the office, uh, it's harder because I come in early, I leave at half five in the morning to commute in, and I get home around half seven, quarter to eight at night. So it's uh, it's a long day, but uh, given the uh, given the options and given that I used to do five days a week every week in the office, this is uh, this is the preferred solution. Uh, and also, actually, coming into the office is quite important. I enjoy the time in the office. I enjoy seeing colleagues and uh, the interaction. You know, having the opportunity to go to London coffee shops and you know pubs, perhaps not that I have yet, but I'm sure that will happen at some point. Um, and just this sort of general buzz and being around. I come in, I go for a run around the park sometimes. Um, so yeah, it's nice to uh, it's nice to have that week. And it has made me realise actually that working from home full time, I think, is uh, is great, obviously in lots of ways, but but it's very isolating. Um, and I wonder if hybrid working is, is the solution. Um, and I have to say, even from our perspective, the three of us, you know, we're a small uh, team, but doing this, obviously, we actually don't ever see each other physically. We just rotate constantly. So um, one of my colleagues, I don't think I've seen for two and a half, three years now. So um, let's just let's see how that goes and see how that pans out. Sometimes we will pop in. Uh, my other colleague, we've worked together on a couple of tasks that we needed to do. So we've seen each other. Um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting because at the beginning of this, when we all started working from home, everybody felt it was the answer, it was the way forward. But I think the longer it goes on, the more isolated you get, you realise that you need a balance and you need to you need a bit of both. And I've certainly found that. Um, but don't get me wrong, I would much rather be doing what I'm doing than be working five days a week in London and never seeing my family and spending £5,000 a year on commuting. So I think hybrid working is the answer. Um, not... As I noticed, Alan Sugar put out in his articles, the dinosaur, as I like to call him, um, that working from home is just for laziness and, you know, lazy people, people aren't working when they're at home. I mean, excuse my French, but what utter bullshit. When I work from home, I'm logged on from 7am and I'm dealing with people around the world and I'm present and I'm available. And yes, I might be able to have that opportunity to go and put the washing in, make a lunch for someone, make breakfast for my kids. But I'm there and I'm present and I'm available from 7 a.m. till whatever time at night and I'm dipping in and out doing whatever I have to do throughout the day. I'm not sat there, like he seems to think, on a peloton, playing computer games or, you know, just sitting there sleeping or working from bed. I'm up, I'm dressed, I'm working, I'm logged in and I'm functional and I'm effective. So, sorry, Alan Sugar, you are wrong. I understand in certain environments it's great for people to be in and be working, but to, to assume and to put out that messaging, and this is what I think it's about more than more than the true belief. I think it's it's the messaging. You see it everywhere. There was an article in the Daily Mail recently 
about a um, civil service worker who, you know, they, they made out that she was working from home, being lazy, being on her peloton, doing this, doing that. It's like, hang on a minute. If she has a laptop and she has the technology and she has the ability to work, then it makes no difference where the hell in the world she is. If the people can't do the job at home or from a remote location, the people have to go into their place of work and do it. It's as simple as that. And if that's unfair, that's unfair. But that's just the nature of the world and the nature of different jobs, different employments. If you have the ability to work from home and you're doing it and you're effective and you're achieving all your goals and you don't need to be micromanaged at every level, then what is the problem? It's good for everybody. So sorry, Alan Sugar, you are wrong. It also depends on the level of technology you've got at home. I don't know whether you've tried to get hold of anybody recently from any large organizations. I booked a holiday recently and really pleased. We very rarely go abroad, so it's a real treat that we've decided that we're going to do it this year. And I thought to myself, well, I'm not just going to book it online because I don't want to make a mistake because I've made a terrible mistake recently um, when we were visiting family in Sweden and we were flying with BA from Heathrow. So in my mind, because I hadn't flown for some time, I just thought, BA, Terminal 5, that's no problem, off we go. Got to Terminal 5, queued up to, to the bag drop, where we were informed that we were actually going from Terminal 3, and our flight was going in 90 minutes. So that was a disaster. Little mini heart attack. Um, jumped into a cab, got to Terminal 3, absolute chaos. I mean, chaos. The bag drop area was full, and I saw the BA rep. I said, look, I'm, I'm really sorry, but is that the queue? And she was like, no, 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 that's the queue. Points down the terminal, and there's like hundreds of people everywhere waiting. So told a little white lie. Um, didn't want to say that I got it wrong. I went to the wrong terminal. You don't get any sympathy for that. So probably like a lot of people have done in the past, I would imagine, said, oh, I've broken down. Had my young daughter with me, uh, looking sad. And to which she sort of said, go, go to the front. And I thought, that's brilliant. Great. We can go to the front. But do you know what? We can't just walk to the front. We walk to the front. We're going to get lynched. So a uh, very nice chap from BA took us down, got us checked in, got our bags on. And the flight was delayed by 20 minutes. We ended up sitting waiting for it. So actually really perfect. But um, uh, yeah, so anyway, I digress. Um, the booking of the holiday. So I didn't want to get it wrong. So I rang them. And I thought, right, I'll, get, I'll speak to them. And of course, you go through to the new customer line, you get answered. Okay, it wasn't instant, but you know, maybe a 10 minute, five minute wait, you get answered. So I had a great discussion, chose a place to go, got it all sorted, chose the rooms we wanted, everything, all the flights, transfers, got it, everything sorted. Really happy that I spoke to someone, had that contact with someone, and it was all set and sorted, paid my deposit, off I went. And then as per the rep's advice, she said, just email the hotel because you want to make sure that the rooms are next to each other or whatever because uh, we're going to have the kids there, obviously. So uh, emailed the hotel to which they replied saying, you're in a different room and uh, different facing and all this sort of thing. I was like, uh, okay. So here's the thing, and this is my point. I had to ring back to speak to the company. And I'm not going to mention it because hopefully it's all going to get sorted and, and, and there won't be an issue. But I rang back to speak to them and I had to wait for two hours on hold, two hours. So while I was working, I had it on a, on, on a, on a VPN phone and had it on a speaker phone and just had that in, a, in the background and used my mobile for my calls um, and two hours. And then 20 to 40 minutes discussing it with the person at the other end to which they were saying, oh, but it might not, you know, it's not transferable now. It's not this, it's not that. I said, well, hang on, this is not 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 my uh, issue it's yours anyway that's by the by my issue on this is is 
are these are these people working from home? Is this because they've been cut? The staff have been cut. Now, if you work from home, you've got a system that works, and you've got the capability, and you've got the screens, and you've got the mouse, the keyboard, the fast internet, a good headset. You haven't got your dog barking in the background. You've got noise suppression on your on, on your audio device. Absolutely fine. People can do it anywhere, and I you know, and I think it's wonderful. But if they cut people, or they uh, haven't got the facilities, or they can't get into systems, or the internet's a bit slow and it can't work then I'm sorry, but especially in a service industry or anything like that, you have to be available for your customers. And, and it's not just the holiday companies. I had to speak to Virgin Media the other day. Um, I mean, that, that's just a disaster. You, you try speaking to anyone from that, that company, and it's just a disaster. So uh, I'm sorry to say, or I'm not that sorry to say, but I, I'm, I'm going to shift and, and just as soon as my contract's done, move on. Um, Anyway, back to this working from home business. When you're in the office, how is it feeling in the work travel? Do you feel worried or like me now, do you just consider COVID to be over? I mean, I don't even consider it. It's not even on my radar. Um, the only time it's on my radar is when I have to do uh, things such as travel. So for example, next week, I am very fortunate enough that a few of us are going to France for a golf trip for a few days. Uh, really excited, haven't done it for a number of years. And uh, they tell me all of a sudden that, um, uh, because I haven't had a booster, and I'll go into the reasons why shortly, but because I haven't had a booster or because I haven't had a vaccine within the last nine months, uh, initially I couldn't go. Um, but they changed the rules, and now they say that I have to have uh, proof of recovery, which I do because I had COVID a few weeks ago, and I've got to say I've had worse hangovers. Um, but not to say that you know other people didn't suffer really badly. I got Omicron, thankfully. Uh, and uh, well, I assume it was. Nobody actually tells you, but you know, you assume it is because of the timing. But it was fine. I had a day where I felt a bit rough, felt as rough as I felt when I had the first vaccine. And um, yeah, next day it's just back to normal. Um, but uh, this is what annoys me: is that you know, you go away, and and there's people that are still, you know, living living the COVID dream. You know, they want passports, or they want. Uh, I had to go to Luxembourg for work, and I did a fit to fly test. But then my trip got delayed by a day and I didn't consider it I just carried on because I thought well, I've got a fit to fly and when I checked into the hotel you know big red flag came up on her device saying oh you know only vaccinated only covered only covered by a fit to fly test until tomorrow so I said what does that mean I said because you know I'm, I'm double vaccinated and I've done a negative test so I'm here and I'm, I'm you know I'm good to go she said oh no as of tomorrow you can't use the restaurant you can't use the bar and uh, you'll have to eat in your room to which I mean, just disbelief. I mean, what, what does that even mean? Like, the test that I did showed that I didn't have COVID, allegedly, two days before I went. But because that runs out in 48 hours, I therefore am excluded from eating or drinking with other people. Insanity. I mean, I literally cannot believe it. Um, I, I, I just, it, it's beyond belief. Um, so... Thankfully, one of my colleagues in Luxembourg took me to a uh, chemist. I had to do a, a test there, which I've got to tell you, it was the most ridiculous um, quick swab, you know, 20 euros in the bank. I mean, just profiteering in my eyes, just so I could get a certificate, just so I could eat out. And even to the extent in Luxembourg where, you know, say you want to get a cheap coffee from McDonald's, you can't unless you've got a vaccine passport. What the hell is that all about? absolute insanity and i don't know why or why what's happening but i mean I, i'm not subscribing to that um so i hope there's none of that nonsense in france now i heard there's uh restrictions have been dropped somewhat and 
you know, it, it's not like Spain where you can't get into the country if you're if you're not triple jabbed. Um, hopefully now it will be uh, it will be okay. Um, but yeah, so in terms of that, do you uh, at work? Do you you know are your work um, employer making you uh, or checking if you're vaccinated? Does anyone care? I mean, this is my point. Like, why does anyone care if you're vaccinated or not? It literally makes no difference now. We, you know, we know from the figures and the fact that it still spreads when you're vaccinated. It makes no difference. I don't care if I'm sat in a packed room full of unvaccinated people. I literally, it doesn't even cross my mind. When you see these people that are on telly shouting and screaming, saying like, you know, pin the vaccinated down and lock them up and, oh, sorry, the unvaccinated, um, it, it's, it's just madness. But, but who's creating this madness what, and why? That, that's the questions we have to ask. Um, and, and the problem is, is that people don't and, and people just follow along with the mainstream media and just assume that, you know, COVID is going to kill you or if you're unvaccinated, you're going to kill others or, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fear propaganda and it's, it's really quite evil. And I, I, I don't understand why, but I don't like it. Um, the other thing is when you go back to the office and when you have those days in the office, do you find time to exercise still? You know, the whole point of this podcast really was about well-being and, and, and uh, physical well-being, mental well-being while you're working from home and, you know, while you're returning to the office. And I know I find it very difficult when I come into the office to exercise as much as I do when I'm at home um, because of the travel. You know, I'm traveling three hours of the day. That three hours, that's, that's where I get time to exercise. And I don't exercise for three hours. I exercise for like half an hour maybe an hour and um, so when I come into the office if I'm feeling particularly awake which is not very often because I get up at five to come in but uh, I come in and I, I go for a run around the park so a number of days I've run, I've run around uh, Green Park St James's Park 5k run come in really lucky that we have showers and towels at the office so uh, I come in in my running gear bring my clothes with me run around the park and then uh, have a shower and then I'm fit for the day and, it, and it's great it feels wonderful uh, this week, I've had a trapped nerve in my back, which has been really irritating. So I've not done hardly anything other than um, some uh, yoga. But it's really led me on to thinking yoga is the way forward. Like stretching and yoga is just amazing. And it also ties in so well with the mindfulness, which is something I'm really conscious of at the moment. So um, definitely going to up the number of times I do yoga a week because, uh, I, I mean, it's just been fantastic. And I only do 20 minutes, half hour full stretch body you know just find a youtube video follow it along hope that nobody walks in the office and sees me in an you know compromising position but uh, uh it's also made me realize that i'm really well i've always known i'm not flexible but um i'm, I'm terribly terribly stiff so uh but also walking getting out going for a walk you know I, i've been very guilty this week i haven't been out for a walk once uh at lunch times so i've just been so busy and that's the that's the worry isn't it you get tied in and i guess that's partly because there's just one of us in the office in the department. So therefore, it's not like I can just say to my colleague, look, cover me, because we need a physical presence here. So uh, yeah, a bit, 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 uh, bit difficult, but, um, but you've just got to make the effort and you have to find the time. And, and like, even if you get home late and it's eight o'clock at night and you haven't eaten, you've got to do something, right? Even if it's a 10 minute walk around the block with the dog or yourself or whatever, it's so important. You, you can't not do it. Um, does it, do you feel stress when you're back in the office? Do you feel, you know, does it, does it heighten your stress? Does it make you anxious to go in? How do you cope with that? Um, there's lots of different ways, I guess. Uh, some people have a drink. Um, some people exercise. Uh, some people meditate, breathing, 
breathing practice, let me tell you, oh my word, get get on it. If you are not doing a breathing practice or if you're skeptical, please try it. And I know he's crazy and I know I'm not a big fan of the TV program that's been on, but what a legend Wim Hof is. Get on the Wim Hof breathing, give it a try, lock yourself away. You can even do what I do. Uh, you know, I, I literally laid on the, on, on the floor in a dark room with an eye mask on and earplugs in, uh, the headphones in listening to the, the Wim Hof guided breathing. And my word, you go to you go to an amazing place, and you've got to fully commit, and you've got to be open to it. And I think most people that I speak to, and most people that I know, would turn around and say, "Ridiculous," but it's not for me anyway. I found it's just incredible. And actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go as far as saying that breathing has changed my life. And I owe it to a guy on a group that I'm in on a Wednesday who told me once, "Look, Tim, you know you're so full on, you're all over the place." why don't you just stop and do two minutes of breathing practice every day? It doesn't matter when or how or where, but every day commit to doing two minutes. And I have it on the Fitbit on my watch, so it's like a guided breathing for for, tw- uh, for two minutes. And I swear to you, it has changed my life. I am so calm, so still. Uh, nothing stresses me. It's funny, I drive into London every day. I, I can't get stressed by it. It just doesn't matter. If anyone cuts me up, you know, bibs at me, does whatever, it doesn't matter. Because here's the thing, right, NSO, there's a bit of stoicism in here as well, which is something else that I'm, I'm quite keen on at the moment, um, uh, uh, is how you react to something is internal. Whatever happens to you externally, you can't change. So, um, you know, if, if someone is aggressive towards you in another vehicle or something, it's like, well, that's on them, right? I mean, it makes no, it makes no difference to me. Like, you can, you can rear up and you can get shouty and you can get angry and you can you know, stick your finger up and beat your horn or whatever, but why? What's that going to do? All that's going to do is internally is going to disrupt your, your your inner calm. And it's like, well, you don't want to do that. You just want to be calm. So it's like, okay, off, mate. off you go. Carry on. Um, and it takes a bit of training, um, but it's, 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 it's the way forward. And also, here's a tip for you when you're driving. If people are waiting to come out of a junction, just let one go. If everyone just lets one go, we're all happier. It's nice. Do it. Don't squeeze up and block them out. It's... Uh, it's no way to live. <laughs> um, so back to the new year, new me type scenario. Um, have I improved so far? We're five months into the year. Yes, I have. I'm still carrying too much belly fat. My belly is over 100 centimeters and I want it under 100 centimeters. My muscle mass has increased. We are still doing the exercises three times a week. Not this week, obviously, because of uh, the trap nerve, but we are back tomorrow. So looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm definitely on the right path. And uh, one thing that I have certainly done is uh, cut down on alcohol significantly um, for a couple of reasons, and I'll I'll go into them shortly. Um, sleep, 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 sleep. So important. I think I've said this on every podcast that I've done. You have to sleep. Your body needs it so much. And I see different videos. People saying, oh, you can train yourself to have it. You know, it's personal. Some people can manage fine on four or five hours. I have to get six to seven hours. Otherwise, I am proper grumpy and proper tired, and I don't function, and I crave sugary sweet foods, and the, it's just a snowball effect. It gets worse and worse uh, once I start eating that stuff, and it's just, yeah, it's not. you need to keep the balance. So keep your sleep, keep your balance, eat well, hydrate. Um, sounds so simple, but so many people are not doing this. Have your priorities changed since the pandemic? So how do you feel about life now? Like what what were you striving to achieve before COVID came along and disrupted everything? You know, was it money? Was it big car, big house? 
uh, expensive holidays. You know, were you posting on Facebook? Oh, I've had a holiday in Barbados. Look at me. Maybe it wasn't to say look at me. Maybe it was just to as to serve as a memory and to show your family. But it's really to say look at me, isn't it? Let's face it. It's um, you know, I'm, I've, I find these things. I, I've done it myself. Like I used to have Facebook three years ago, and yeah, I would be like, oh, look at me. I'm with my daughter doing this in London, and well, who am I? posting that to is it's you know i've had the experience my daughter's had the experience we were both there and that's all that really matters um you know so each to their own but um that's 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 my opinion of that now i think that um you know we don't need to post all this stuff uh and and you know the cars and the money and i, I said this before i think it's about contentment you have to find contentment and not being in huge amounts of debt and not struggling to pay your gas, electricity, food bill is obviously going to affect that. So I understand the cost of living, etc., is is ridiculous at the moment. We've all had to make changes and savings. And that's one reason why I want to carry on working in this manner, because it's going to save me the money that I now need to flip and heat the house. I mean, it's just going to be insane this year. Um, so if, you know, I'm going to cut back on the TV services. I'm going to cut back on. And I know, you know, everyone's everyone's doing the same. And well, not everyone. I'm sure there's plenty of rich people who this isn't going to affect, um, particularly as a result of the pandemic. But um, yeah, we just got to uh, we just got to find that contentment. And if it means, you know, like how often did you used to eat out? I don't know about you, but we probably ate out once every two weeks. And that could be anything from 60 to 120 quid, I reckon for a family of four depending on restaurant and it don't get me wrong it's lovely it's great to have lovely food cooked for you and it's great to um go out and see new places but something that i've really found is that cooking and cooking for family and friends is just it's just so rewarding and you know we are social creatures and just having people around us for a social meal put the phones away you know eat drink and be merry as i say and it's true and you can do that you know what a roast dinner you can you could cook like for six eight people for 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 significantly less and now i'm not to say that you know we shouldn't be supporting restaurants and bars we should absolutely um but my personal priority has changed we will eat out every you know two three months now um and but, but we do more we do more social things at home with people so we'll have family around and actually in terms of also the cost of living type thing you know if you're cooking a roast dinner then why not cook it for for, for double the people because quite often you have enough to go around anyway and the extra veg and potatoes aren't too expensive um and you get the benefit of having people around and company and conversation and laughter hopefully so something that's uh you know very important to me and i think that once you find that contentment and you stop chasing I mean, it's not to say you don't have ambition, have, you know, have ambition, but my ambition is to be content. And I found a contentment in the last two years. I, I, I really have. And I found a stillness and a calmness. And I'm re- I'm in a really great, really great place with uh, the kids and the family. And, and I, you know, I want that to improve and, and be enhanced. And, um, and and that comes from from that inner contentment, first of all. I was always quite angry, quite frustrated, tired, you know, because doing the doing the nine to five or well probably a lot longer seven till probably seven till seven you know for 12 years in london takes its toll so um so now hopefully we're we're, we're in a much better place um what about you and your partner 
do you do you, do you think along the same lines? Like the pandemic's come and gone, and there seems to be two people out there. There's two types of people. There's people that have just followed along, and I know there's you know you get people online saying, oh, it's just the sheep. The sheep that just follow along, and I think to a certain extent there's there's some truth in that because they do. People don't just look, don't people don't look up. They take what's provided to them by the government, by the mainstream media, by the BBC, whatever, and they just go along with it and they don't question anything. And it's fine because it's an easy life, right? You just accept that this is this and that is that and this is how we live and this is what's going to happen and all and this is dangerous and this is not. And and you just, you don't have to think about it. But then there are others that do think about it and do look into it and do question it. And when you do that, which I've been doing for the last couple of years, you open your mind to a lot of things that are going on in the world that, that just don't feel right. Now, the problem you have is, is when you question things, you then start being labelled as a conspiracy theorist, and this this is, I think, something that's been brought about by mainstream media as well, because they don't, you know, that people don't want you to question things, okay? And there are, you know, there are things going on, like even early in the pandemic, when there all these contracts going off to conservative friends and what have you, Matt Hancock's mates, you know, down the bar. Why is there not outrage about that? Like. Why is they not rioting in the streets? And I'm not promoting rioting in the streets. But what I'm saying is, how do we just accept? Like, you know, do you remember that the, the song Baz Luhrmann? And it says, you know, politicians will philander and uh, and and they will lie and and cheat. And it just, I don't know how we've been so accepting of it. And I think, you know, the advantages now with technology and the likes of Twitter and, and other such, you know, YouTube and what have you, you can find out. People are researching and publishing things, and and you should look into them. Now, I'm not saying go down the route of saying 5G is controlling us and all that nonsense. You know, there are clearly people that that, that go the wrong end of the spectrum. But do question everything. Um, you know, it's like okay, the the WHO pandemic treaty that's being signed by all you know load of government load of European governments. And world governments, and it's like giving power to to, to uh, a, a, a globalist body to control how we react to lockdowns and things. It's like, well, shouldn't we control that within our own borders and our own government? Um, seems a bit concerning. Don't know the ins and outs of it, but on the face of it, I'm a little bit concerned. But everyone I speak to knows nothing about it. So weird. Not in any of the newspapers that I don't think. Um, what about property buying? Firms like uh, BlackRock uh, and banks all over the place are buying property at a rate not seen. Now, why are they doing that? Is there a sinister reason? Or is it just that the financial system is changing and therefore they have to diversify because they want to exist in 10, 15, 20 years, 50 years? So if they own all the property and they can lease it back to people, um, you know that's their that's their new strategy, and that's fine. But you know that's happening. Like Bill Gates buying up all the farmland in the U.S. Why is that? What you know to what end? You know because we know that he wants to get rid of animal agriculture and uh, and provide fake fake foods and fake meats and all this sort of thing. You know, and uh, what's the agenda there? You know we have to question these things because not all farming is detrimental to the environment. Okay. Yes, the intensive. Uh, feedlots and all that that shouldn't exist and there has to be other solutions to feed the planet but there are methods that aren't being explored uh, and 
I mean, I always think it's 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 for profit, and ultimately that's what everything seems to come back down to these days. Um, you know, the infant milk shortage in the U.S. at the moment. Now, is that a supply chain issue or is that orchestrated? Who knows? Um, look at the supply chain issues. There were five or six hundred tankers uh, or container ships off the coast of China uh, a couple of weeks ago that haven't been seen because of their, their insane lockdown. I mean, what is going to happen there? We're not going to see that for a good few months, but when it hits, my goodness, it could be catastrophic, you know? And why have we relied on global supply chains? Because of profit, because of shareholders, because of pricing. You know, we don't look after our own, um, uh, uh, you know, nations internally. We need to have a balance. Yes, you can supply from external, but what you also need is to be creating and producing and training people in your own country to have the skills and the and the facilities to do this stuff. You know, the the, the, the reliance on energy from from other countries, insanity. Um, but it again came down to cost. It was cheap. They made more profit. The shareholders were happy. We got cheap. You know, we're to blame as well because we demand cheapness. We demand everything to be cheap. We demand a Primark T-shirt to be three pounds. Um, you know, and that pushes next into saying, okay, well, I have to reduce the thread count and the quality of my T-shirt because I've got to go and have it made somewhere cheap. We drove it down, and we're always looking. You know, Amazon. Oh, how many times have you gone somewhere and then looked up on Amazon while you're in there and gone, well, actually, I'll just order it over here tomorrow. I've done it countless times. You know, you go to Hamleys in London, the toy shop. I remember as a kid that used to be the best experience because it was so exciting. It was like a toy wonderland. Go there as an adult and you're horrified at the prices. And literally, you know, I, I, Christmas one year, we saved probably 50, 60 pounds on a couple of items just by ordering them online. But is that the right thing to do? Because Hamleys have got a great history. It's got a great building. It's got lots of staff that are entertaining. So maybe we have to pay a premium for that. Who knows? But then with the cost of living, what do you do? You know, you've got to you've got to bring prices down. You've got to make life affordable. But then, do you need the toys and the and and the, and the items and the plastic and the things? Do you need things, or is there contentment in 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 other other options? Um, there's also a lot of, and I'm not really going to go into this too much because it's you know it's very controversial. But there seems to be a lot of vaccine injuries. There seems to be a lot of vaccine deaths. There seems to be a lot of data from the Pfizer documents that indicate. Um, deaths during the trial and uh, you know I, I don't know the truth behind it all but the fact that they tried to hide that document for 75 years I uh, the, well, the FDA did sorry um, is yeah, that's a major that's a major red flag um, when someone's when someone's saying oh basically you're not going to find out in your lifetime or unlikely you'll find out in your lifetime the details of the clinical trial data <clears throat> there has to be a reason behind that so I don't like that, that stinks in my opinion but you know, each to their own all I'm saying is people don't know this stuff and people don't question it because it's not mentioned in my opinion every news channel in the world should be going holy moly, they want to hide data for 75 years, this is one of the biggest vaccine rollouts ever, in the, ever, ever known shouldn't we know what's in that data or shouldn't scientists and epidemiologists have the ability to review that data and give their opinions but it wasn't until 
uh, I think a judge in Texas, I think, you know, forced them to do it, and now they're doing it in these massive data drops, making it super difficult for people to, you know, 80,000 pages or whatever, or 80,000 documents, and they want people to, um, you know, siphon through it. And, and there's some things coming out that, that don't read well, but I'm no expert on that. I just, you know, it's just that gut feeling. Profit, 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 profit. Um, what else did I want to go through? Oh yeah, I said about Stoicism earlier. Check it out. It's amazing and incredible that some writings from 2,000 years ago are so um, prevalent in today's society, or so relevant to today's society, and you know how how you live your life, um, how you enhance your life, and how you enhance others. So, uh, good podcasts out there. Go check them out. Books. Um, you know, it's, some of it's heavy going, but I think just get some of the basic knowledge behind the Stoics and, and it's it's interesting it's it's you know it's not it's not a religious thing it, it can tie in very nicely with people's beliefs and uh, it's something that you know definitely could benefit in, in your life and, and those around you um, so back to the exercise we are still doing the exercise three times a week timmyg2001 at gmail.com if you want to subscribe come on with us we now use teams and uh yeah just half an hour we do body weight we do dumbbell circuits uh some stretching uh, it's just half an hour three times a week wednesdays saturdays and sundays if you would like to do it drop me an email and uh, we'll have a chat and uh, i'll invite you on um but yeah be happy be content look after your community community is everything and i think it's going to become super important in the next couple of years so Make sure you are part of your community and doing what you can to, to help those around you. Um, share, love, respect, and uh, yeah, take care of yourselves, and I'll speak to you next time.